0: to the best boys podcast i'm best boy dan will
1: you marry me pamela
0: (laughs) and that's best boy justin and we are here to deliver unto you the top 10 of all that is fall anime 2023 Yay! Yay! Um, it. So so we're just gonna like bust into it, uh, and <laughs> yeah, we're gonna bust just like the like button, <laughs> uh, and uh, and we're gonna get started uh, with Studio W E E B and some anime news. He did it this time. <laughs> that's right best buds we have a medium amount of meat to stuff into the stromboli that is our news segment um up first uh g kids has revealed the english voice cast of how miyazaki's anticipated hand-drawn animated feature the boy and the heron um the cast includes christian bale Dave Batista, uh, as the Parakeet King, I should also point out. Gemma Chan, Willem Defoe, Karen Fukuhara, Mark Hamill, Robert Pattinson, and Florence Pugh. Um just to name a, a few of the people in it. You know, a, yeah. a few people you a might have small heard of, names. Like Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. Or The Joker. Or Dave Batista. Yeah. Um, Or Willem Dafoe. I'm maybe most excited for Willem Dafoe. I'm pretty excited for Willem Dafoe as well. I always love me some Willem Dafoe. But um, this is like going on a long uh, tradition of how Miyazaki movies having just outstanding uh, voice casts. So um, if you are inclined to watching dubbed versions, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. That is a stacked lineup. Absolutely.
1: Speaking of stacked lineups, um, that transition doesn't work for this story. (laughs) Sony Pictures Entertainment and Crunchyroll have reached a settlement uh, in a class action lawsuit between them and Salvatore Beltran Jr., Eli Gross, and others, making Crunchyroll users in the United States eligible for payment of approximately $30. Uh, The exact amount is not yet known. Users in the U.S. who have registered, streamed, or otherwise used the Crunchyroll website or app are eligible for payment. Um, Eligible users must submit a claim form by December the 12th. The class action lawsuit alleged that Crunchyroll violated the United States Video Privacy Protection Act by disclosing subscribers' personally identifiable information to Facebook and other third-party companies. Um, Sony Pictures Entertainment and Crunchyroll have denied the claim but decided to settle to avoid the uncertainties and expenses associated with continuing the case, which means they absolutely did it. Um... (laughs) And uh, Beltran and oh, others filed the class action lawsuit in the district court for the Northern District of Illinois back in 2022. Um, so yeah, this is uh, interesting to me because like I kind of at this point in my life, I just always assume my data is being sold. Like yeah. So this was shocking to me that that it was sold and then someone's doing something about it. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah, if you have a Crunchyroll account, go ahead and get you some of that nice thirty bucks. That's what. That's like a whole. What, two months of Crunchyroll, right? <laughs> Yeah, I was
0: going to say, like three months of Crunchyroll. Just
1: roll that baby right on back into your uh, your Crunchyroll account, because I know you're still going to use them, and I am too. Yep. Um, does that count as crime news? Do you want to do the thing? Because uh,
0: not technically.
1: Yeah, we're, we, would we be legally liable if we said this was crime news? <laughs> I think so.
0: <laughs> Check in with legal. Hold
1: on. Um... Next up, and possibly most exciting, uh, Premium Bandai is offering Gundam fans... Oh, that's right. This is Gundam news. Play the thing. A Gundam's headed here. Huh? Premium Bandai is offering Gundam fans the chance to own a pair or two of Amuro Ray's boxers. Oh, God. The Anime Merchandiser's in-house web store is offering two variants of the characters of striped boxers, the style seen on Amuro as a scrawny teen in the first Gundam anime, and the style seen on Amuro as a buff and swole, those are not my words, grown up
0: in the uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Char's Counter-Attack movie. Um, for an extra 30 yen, uh, they'll come worn for three days. There you go. Um... The first variant features aqua-colored stripes and the character's name
1: adorned across the bottom left. Um, The briefs were available for pre-order from September 27th to October 16th for 3,850 yen, which is approximately $25 um, for shipping in November. Fortunately for late bloomers, get it, bloomers, because underwear... um, a new batch is available for pre-order from now until November 15th for delivery in December. Uh, Amado's Delicates will join the company of other anime-adorned undergarments, including Jolene's lingerie from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean, and Magic Circuit
0: underwear from the Fate series. Um, and Mikazuki's bathwater from Iron Blooded Orphans. Yeah, they, which you can
1: absolutely <laughs> buy. It's full of blood. Um, diehard fans can wear their replica uh, tidy whiteys when they visit the life-size RX-78-2 Gundam statue in Yokohama, which has just extended its stay on Earth until March 2024. Um, I'm definitely getting a pair of these boxers. It's gonna, <laughs> it's absolutely gonna happen. I'm gonna get the big boy ones though, because the the small. Uh, if you want to click on the link, you can see what they look like. Um, they are somewhat iconic in the show because he's in his underwear a lot for some reason. Um, oh, but, yeah, okay, yeah. See, like, they're they're kind of like blue and white striped boxers. I, I just like the adult ones more. I feel like they, they're a little more, I don't know. I, I yeah. like the design better. I don't want to wear someone else's name on my boxers, you know.
0: So, <laughs> you don't want Amro Ray... No,
1: I, I like the little next to your junk. Yeah, no, I just like the little unicorn logo. It's it is weird that he has his own logo on his <laughs> underwear. Um, But anyway, that about does it for our anime news. We're kind of breezing straight through it because we have a ton to talk about here in our top 10 uh, list of anime for fall 2023. Um... So, you know, just uh, let us know. You tell us what the news is for this week. <laughs> Hit us up on uh, Instagram at Best Boys underscore pod, or you can send us an email at bestboyspod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Absolutely annihilate that like button. Just really put it on the floor and give it to it. Um, and tell your friends about us. But until then, it's time for us to dive straight on into the meat and potatoes of this week's episode.
0: Remember, you said you'd do anything in return? Well, Uh, while you're out on vacay, I'd like to move into your place during summer break. Did you say you want to move in? (laughs) But why? Now that I know you're all secret sister-wifing it up in here, I can't let it continue. Saki makes the worst choices sometimes, and she needs me close! I'm gonna be right next to her to point out the consequences of her decisions! That felt like a rush. Uh, We can we can take a breather now. I don't breathe, Dan. (laughs) We are we are in uh, neck deep into the meat and potatoes. I Uh, am a plant. (laughs) I respirate through my leaves. Um, It's true. It's really disturbing to watch. Yeah, it smells weird too. Um, But we're here. It's fall, 2023. We watched. Entirely too much anime. Watched a lot. This uh, is... And I watched a lot of it all in one
1: day, too, which was crazy.
0: (laughs) Um, This was a really stacked season. It was. Um, You know, we always say there's a little bit of uh, something for everyone. It definitely feels as though there were definite, like, more thematic you know, things going on. Yeah. We
1: had, there's kind of a variety here. You know, we've got, we've got a couple shonen. we've got some Seinen. Um, there's some Shoujo. There's even yeah. some
0: Jose that didn't quite make our list, but it is there if you want it. Um, I would say the standouts of this season tend to be um, either a little bit more on the serious side um, or, or a little bit more action driven. So, if you like that, you're really in for a treat this season. Absolutely.
1: But no matter what you're into, you're eating good this fall because we have <laughs> a ton of stuff for you.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and I think we're going to go ahead. We're, we, we used to kind of intersperse these throughout the list, but I think we'll just talk about them all at once. Uh, well, let's get our honorable mentions out of the way. These are some a couple shows that we enjoyed uh, or otherwise found interesting that just didn't quite make the top ten, but you might want to be aware of anyway.
0: Yeah, and and I think one of the best places to start is A Returner's Magic should be special. Yeah, absolutely. Um, As of the recording of this podcast, there's only two episodes out. Um, And it has an interesting premise, um, and I have it on good authority that this is a great story. Okay. It is based off of a Korean manhwa um which has been running for a really long time so it has the material behind it um and it, and as far as i understand it's very well regarded i'm talking about like uh you know on the solo leveling kind of uh scale of things so um we haven't had a ton of success of manhwa in the anime space uh so i'm really interested to keep an eye on this one and and see where it goes um the the basic story it it kind of takes place after the end of the story which is kind of a weird theme this season yeah that happens a lot i can think of three shows right off the bat um, yeah um that that happens in this season uh and we're going to talk about at least two of them um but essentially like the heroes party defeat you know the final uh boss after 10 years And the boss just kind of explodes and wipes out the the hero's party. But the main protagonist is sent back to his academy days. Um, And so it's kind of about him bringing that knowledge back and trying to change the future. Right. Which happens in at least two shows this season. Yeah, it does. (laughs) It's a very like uh, Terminator-inspired season. (laughs) Give me your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. Um, so if that sounds interesting, uh, this didn't make uh, our top ten, but it's one of those ones that, like, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on because I have a feeling this one might become something standout.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, next up, we have two, two different shows, but they are similar. Um, we have MF Ghost, which is Crunchyroll, uh, coming out to us on Crunchyroll on Sundays. Uh, from Felix Film, and then we have Overtake, which is also Crunchyroll on Sundays, uh, coming to us from Studio Troika. Um, oh, and I, these... I should
0: point out, too, A Return is Magic should be special. Is from uh, Arvo Animation, and it airs on Saturday on Crunchyroll. Yes. Um, but these
1: two shows, what they have in common um, is that they are both centered around racing,
0: right? Best yeah. Point uh, so uh, Overtake is... is about Formula Four racing, which is kind of the lowest of the Formula series, like Formula One's like the like fancy super right. fast cars. Is it like go karts then? So it, it, it's the same kind of cars. It's just like the kind of low it's like the minor budget. leagues. It's yeah. It's like the it's like quadruple A, basically. like the lowest of the low right. of minor leagues. So what what is kind of interesting about that as a setting for a racing? Uh, anime is that um at that point it's mostly considered like a rich person's hobby right right yeah. Cause, uh, essentially like you can have a car in there for around a hundred thousand a year right um which is like if you have disposable income something you could do yeah so it is an interesting story to kind of take like an underdog where you have you know this like upstart who just like kind of want to tinker with cars and you know are in it for the love of the game like sort of thing so it it is definitely an interesting take on the racing story I know best boy Justin racing is not so much your genre yeah it doesn't really do anything for me I'm not a big car person either but I do enjoy racing animes Um, they hit a lot of the same spots as uh, uh, like sports anime Um, of the two that came out this season mf ghost is my favorite okay and i do encourage you to watch the second episode um, because it it gets uh or did you see it yet yeah yeah it it gets a little more interesting and it drops um something that i didn't realize which is it is a spiritual and actual successor to um initial d and it essentially this anime takes place a little bit in the future where uh, electric cars are like what everyone drives and this sport uh mfg has become like the biggest thing in the world because of course whatever you know sport anime it is is the most popular sport of network. course and uh essentially like it's dominated again by rich people because it's all like european like mu- like and american like muscle cars and like very expensive uh vehicles for it but there's this one rule that kind of no one fully understands which is the like grip to weight ratio Uh because it's like a downhill street race essentially and you get this character who comes in and and he's like Starts driving in the second episode to like see if he can compete, and he's never driven before. But he comes from this like elite racing school in England, like, Which sort is of a thing that they have in England, yeah, apparently. of course. Um, and then, like, in the second episode, he's going through this course, and all of a sudden, he's like, Okay, he just passed the checkpoint, he's like moved up a few cars, right? He like keeps going, and keeps going, and until like they get to this section where he's like driving through this really rough and dangerous part and he's like moved up and they're like oh my god we're watching the birth of a new star like what is going on with this guy he's so good and, and all then he dies he hits this turn and he starts drifting oh and like everyone's like what <laughs> and and you Didn't see they invent drifting in tokyo <laughs> well and then you see like the uh one of these like people who are giving commentaries on the race is like oh my god I haven't seen something like this since and he like wistfully remembers and it shows the car from Initial D <laughs> and and I didn't realize that there was a connection until I saw that and I used to watch Initial D like I used to rent yeah. the anime from Blockbuster as a kid um, so I was just like super hyped and it even if racing is not your thing, drifting shows are hella fun.
1: For a second, I thought you were gonna say that the commentator when he saw him drifting was like, "Oh my god, that's Jason Bourne."
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be good too. But um, I would say this has all the makings of hype. Um, so
1: yeah, I mean, I'm not super into racing stuff. Like it doesn't really do anything for me. And also, like the fact that. So the one thing that I did find funny, I, I've only watched the first episode so far, but like the main female lead, she's like a like one of the flag girls, right? Like you know how they have girls in bikinis who wave the flags. She does that, um, and of course all of these guys are hitting on her because she's like super hot. It's and very problematic. It is actually. problematic because she's like fifteen. Um, but the the funny part is like her friends. One of her friends is like, "Oh, don't you ever go out with anybody?" And she's like, "She's like, no, I want to find somebody who's like." really like really interesting and mysterious and like she immediately chooses the main character who is the most boring man in Japan <laughs> like he is just what are you talking boring about? He's from looking, an elite
0: racing school but he
1: has no London. personality at all and she's like oh my god he's so interesting and mysterious <laughs> it's like no he's just he just doesn't have a personality
0: uh, um, but yeah so so those are those are our racing. Rex, and we have one more honorable mention before we get into the so returning honorable. shows, and then finally our top ten, uh, and that is 16-bit sensation, another layer which is only. An honorable mention. It's really number eleven. On yeah, if, if we
1: if we were doing a top eleven, it would be number eleven. It's pretty good. Um, it comes to us on Crunchyroll on Wednesdays uh, from Studio Silver, who hasn't really done anything that I've heard of, but Idol Sister is apparently I, somewhat popular. Unfamiliar. Anyway, the uh, story goes as follows. Konoha Akisato is an illustrator who loves beautiful girls and Bishoujo games. She works at a video game store uh, studio and aspires to become a super famous illustrator. However, reality did not work as well as she had hoped in the present. Where mobile games are all the rage, Konoha spends her days as a sub-illustrator just co-
0: coloring the back of background characters. I love that what? as a job, by the way. Yeah. Like, not even the background. Just the back. Like, just the back of
1: the character. Yeah. One day after some happenings, Konoha... Some happenings. What a weird way to describe that. Konoha got her hand on a masterpiece of a Bishojo game from the owner of a game shop. Thinking back to the golden age of Bishoujo games, Konoha opens the package of uh, Dokusei and was suddenly enveloped by a dazzling light, transferring her to the past. She arrived in the year 1992, the golden age of Bishojo Games. Now joining a company called Alcohol Soft, will Konoha be able to think, draw, and create her beautiful girls? A story about a girl brought to you by her overwhelming love for beautiful girls. Now let's start. Um,
0: My ex-girlfriend used to complain all the time about me getting alcohol soft.
1: Ah, (laughs) I get it. It's a dick joke.
0: Yeah.
1: It's because, you know, when you drink... uh, Anyway, um... No, I think this this game is uh, this game. This show is really good. Uh, I love the OP. First of all, the OP is phenomenal. Uh, the ED is great too. Yeah, ED is good too for different reasons. It will reasons. also cure ED. Yes, um, <laughs> but I think the story is interesting. Um, it's got a, like a time travel component to it. Um, the main character's voice is a little grating.
0: I'll give you that. I it, it is funny to say that because I have heard a lot of people who don't watch anime say that, especially about like. Younger female characters right. because they tend to be like high pitched and whatnot. Uh-huh. This character is actually grading. yes yeah. her her voice is a it's, lot. It's rough. Um, but the story is interesting.
1: Um, you know, I think it, it kind of it, it's like a, almost like a love letter to the olden style of Bishojo games. Um, it's funny too because it heavily features. Uh, iconography of floppy disks which is a thing that I'm going to imagine that most of the audience watching it has never seen or held
0: in real life. Yeah, best boys poll. Uh, do you know what a floppy disk is? Have you ever yeah. used one to yeah. store data tell us, on? Tell
1: us what your use case for, for floppy
0: disks were. For me, I used it to install Doom 2 on a lot of computers. <laughs> did Did you ever run a an application off of a floppy disk? Oh my disk? god, yeah. <laughs> um... But yeah, so that that's the the kind of the story
1: that you're into for 16 bit sensation, a little bit of nostalgia factor for those of you who are old enough to remember those those days of very loud clicky computers. Um, that's today, <laughs> which is today, but for a different reason. Um, but yeah, that kind of uh, that, that wraps us up here for our um, our honorable mentions. Uh, but before we get into our top 10 list, um, let's talk
0: a little bit about some returning shows that we want we want to discuss very briefly yeah it's gonna be brief and and this is the usual point where we give our disclaimer and and we say you know this is not an extensive or barely even exhaustive list of everything that's out we don't watch everything we try and do as much as we can um, especially this season there were so many new things to watch yeah we definitely held back on stuff um, but uh, up first spy family is back yep. It's back, uh, and it's great. Yeah. Uh, I, someone complained to me. They were like, you know, the the first episode is like, kind of boring. I'm like, it's it's setting the stage. Right? Yeah, like, relax, dude. Like, um, it's fine. And it was also an excellent episode. It was very good. <laughs>
1: uh, OP and ED, new ones are great. Uh, love them. Um, not not official Higedandism. Nuts good. No, I mean, you know, it can't be that great. But they were still good. Um, I like the animations for when they're walking like with the stepping. I think that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, Morse Spy Family is good.
0: Yeah. Um, I, we'll go through the ones that, that I have specific uh, per se in and that would be the Tokyo Revengers uh, Tenjuku arc which is available on Hulu from Linden Films uh, and it is uh, the third season of Tokyo Revengers. Uh, animation's still not great, mm-hmm. um, story's still pretty great, Takamichi's still a little bitch. Okay. Um, yeah, if, <laughs> it's, it has, what I will say is... Will you say it? I will say it, because I am saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, they introduced, like, the show has a time travel element to it, they introduced a wrinkle with the time travel, which is really unique and interesting and not what I expected from the show. I was, like, just down for some more, like, you know, teenage hoodlum, you know, shenanigans uh-huh. and gang wars and whatnot. But I like, do. But they just introduced a, like, new time travel wrinkle, which I'm super into.
1: Okay, very cool. We love a time travel wrinkle.
0: Um... And then uh, the other show that I watched uh, is uh, Girlfriend Girlfriend Season 2. It's back. It's still trash. Ta-da! It
1: is.
0: Okay. I, I just have to go over this premise with you for this show because I, I just find it so fucking absurd. Um, so, it, for those who don't remember, basically the protagonist of this show starts going out with his childhood friend, right? Like, they. Been friends forever they were kind of like meant to be together they start dating shortly afterwards uh, he is uh, propositioned or proposed to by this other girl who uh, essentially has like fallen in love with him Mm -hmm. and she is so earnest and amazing and wonderful that he is unable to tell her no Uh so he brings her to his girlfriend and he's like I can't tell her no she's just so amazing and she's like what do you mean I'll tell her no and then she meets her and she's like oh, she is so amazing I can't tell her no and so they <laughs> become a throuple of course that, that right. like you do uh, at some point in that some streamer girl also becomes obsessed with him but she just like kind of wants to date him to like conquer him it's a weird thing so she wants in on it but he says no
1: Puts right? his just down
0: Puts his foot down. Uh, however, the girl who is his initial girlfriend's best friend finds out about the thruple And she's very upset about this. Okay. Uh, and that brings us to season two, which starts off with her moving in with the thruple. The best friend moves in with the thruple to stop them from going out. So he'll stop two-timing her best friend and only go out with her. Okay. But she also is in love with him. Of course. Also, the streamer girl bought the house next door and has moved in. Lovely. That's um, that's
1: totally normal behavior.
0: And it is still better than the 100 girlfriends who really, really love you. <laughs> because um, that is some peak trash this season. Yeah. Um,
1: all right. Well, that's, you know... Uh, like a show that's uh, that's available for you
0: to watch. Yes, that that is the basic story for it. You know if if you're interested in watching it. It is for me. It is it is just such a well done trash show. Very like well. I, I I love a good shiny. Shiny. Shiny diamond rock of garbage. Okay, every once in a while, and girlfriend, girlfriend hits that spot.
1: <laughs> well, if you like a good trash show and you want to throw a little bit of shonen in the mix, uh, Eminence and Shadows season two is here for you. Um, super excited for this to come back. It's like kind of sneakily popular. Um, it's on high dive. Comes Yo, to us Studio blew Nexus. Up. Yeah, it's it got really big. Um, the uh, the show is kind of the, the way I describe it is it is it is absolutely trash, right? <laughs> um, but it is still it's trash that is also very funny, um, and still manages to somehow be interesting and engaging. Um, so it kind of it, it's got a little bit of like uh, edge. It's like it's poking fun at like kind of more edge lordy type of uh, anime isekai, right? So it's kind of, it's almost like a,
0: a satire of it in mm. that in that sense. I think I was initially turned off by it because I watched it earnestly. You, you can't do that. <laughs> and, um, and it was only, like, the first, like, episode or two. Yeah, but, um, you know, I highly recommend this
1: if, if you're, you know, if you're already watching it. Obviously, second season's here. If you haven't seen it yet and you're looking for something to pick up that, that's along those lines, then this is here for you. Um, next up, we have The Rising of the Shield Hero Season 3. Um, that is what it is. It's here and it's back.
0: Question. Answer. Has, has the shield hero risen yet? Is
1: I, he's I think still he is rising. still
0: rising. Yeah, he's still rising. Just a little bit more time in the oven. Uh, just a little <laughs> bit more.
1: Um... Next, uh, we have a big one. Goblin Slayer Season 2. This uh, has high, been highly anticipated.
0: I'm so excited to watch it, but it's, I made a mistake. Dan made a mistake. I didn't watch the movie. I he forgot didn't about watch it. watch the
1: movie. <laughs> um, yeah, the movie is technically canon. Um, having watched the first episode, I can say that if you haven't seen it, you'll only be confused for like a minute or two, and then it, it kind of just goes back to to normal, you know, business as usual, goblins slaying Uh, the goblins. Um, but it's really good. The animation quality hasn't dropped off at all. Uh, the show is still really pretty, um, really good. A lot of goblin slaying. Um, the same, the same kind of content warning from the first one applies here again. Mm. um, you know there is it, it does it's not as graphic as it is in the first season, but they basically do like a flashback mm. to that scene from the beginning of Goblin Slayer season one with like the very graphic sexual assault, basically um, because they couldn't just start off a season without a, a at least a, a flashback to a very graphic sexual oh, yeah. assault. Um, so there is that to be aware of if you if you are planning on watching it, um, but it is back, and other than that, it's pretty good. Um, and finally, for the returning anime that we're going to be talking about today, um, we have the Faraway Paladin, the Lord of Rust Mountains. Um, That's pretty dope. It's a title. pretty dope title, and it's a pretty dope show. The show itself is kind of like an interesting take on the uh, on an isekai story. Um, there's a lot in there about like family and like you know, learning about oneself and you know the the people who raised you. Um, but then there's also, like, a really interesting power structure. And in addition to that, there's, like, a lot of really good world building. Um, it has a really, really interesting kind of way that the world is laid out, uh, the way the world works. Um, and, you know, it's just a it, – it, it does a lot – it hits on a lot of levels. The way I described it in the first uh, season when it came out was it's kind of like if the – it almost feels like a D. if someone decided to animate their D&D campaign hmm. right so it's got a lot of really good world building the characters all have their own very distinct personalities they mesh well together it deals with a lot of philosophical questions that I think are really neat um, and I'm glad to see it back for a season two so if you had been watching it in the past it's back for you um,
0: if you haven't seen it yet, I recommend maybe you give it a shot. I think um, I was surprised by how excited you were. I didn't realize that that show had oh, hit it, so hard for you. I mean, the I've first only been—I've only been trying to get you to watch it since it came out. So, <laughs> like, you know,
1: okay. Um, but yeah, far maybe away. That Paladin, should be
0: on my catch-up episode next.
1: It should be um, the Lord of Rust Mountains. Uh, very exciting. Uh, can't wait to watch more of it. Um, But with all of that out of the way, it is time for us to finally um, dive right on into our top 10 anime. I guess we could call the top 10 new anime of uh, fall 2023.
0: Yeah. You want to kick us off here, Best Boy Dan? I would love to. And I want to start off by talking about number 10. My daughter left the nest and returned an S-Class adventurer. This is on Crunchyroll on Thursdays from Typhoon Graphics, um, who I haven't really heard of before. They did One Room, Sengoku Nightblood. They describe uh, the show as following. After losing his leg as a newbie adventurer, he retired and returned to his hometown in the countryside, doing things such as collecting medicinal herbs, examining magical beasts. Exterminating. <laughs> Very different. Thing. Very different. Exterminating magical beasts uh, and wild beasts and helping villagers do farm work. It's hard to decide whether to call our protagonist an adventurer or a handyman. And while doing these things, his age quickly approached 30. One day, while searching the mountain for herbs, he discovered an abandoned child. Thinking that he couldn't just leave it, he took it home and raised it until his age approached 40. This is a really weird way of describing (laughs) the time passage. Um, His now-grown daughter had also wanted to become an adventurer, likely from growing up watching her father. Although her father had taught her the sword since she was young for self-defense, her talent at it was quite impressive thinking that it would be better for her not to be stuck out in the country for the rest of her life our protagonist sent her to the adventurers guild in the capital uh after another five years the protagonist is now in his 40s is still acting as a pseudo adventurer in the countryside however his daughter now distinguished s-class adventurer hasn't returned home even once um did jack gpt write that i don't know but like i think maybe like <clears throat> i wouldn't be surprised it, it, it is heavy like these are so we pull the descriptions from the like their official like press yeah. release of yeah. it, essentially um i i guess that describes it pretty well it's it, that is the setting of it it's not really what the show's about it's about no. them Trying and, to see each other again.
1: Yeah, and it also describes the the father as the protagonist, but he's not really. Like, the daughter is really kind of the protagonist. I think so. Um, overall, the show is really interesting. Um, it, it's kind of telling this, this adventure story, but through the lens of, like, a family... Not even a family drama, just a family story, right? So, yeah. like, you got your... Um, the father misses his daughter, but he's proud of the things that she's doing. And she, he, you know, he understands that she can't come back because she's busy doing all of these great things, uh, but he still misses her. And then you have the daughter who is like, you know, she really wants to see her father and she's really mad every time something comes up that keeps her from doing that. But she also, she's like, she's, she just has to do the right thing. So she can never like, she, she's not capable of just going, ah, I don't care. I just want to go see my dad. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like this story of just, like, a very, like, wholesome family relationship where, you know, you you have a child who has left the nest, and they're, you know, the the kind of, the, the struggles that come along with that,
0: you know? Yeah. Um, two things. One, the OP is a banger. Yes, got the OP is very breaks. good. Yeah. Um, two... That is probably the least interesting part of the story to me. Okay. Also because I'm deeply afraid, especially because she's not his biological daughter. That there's some like weird like grooming stuff. I don't think so. I, it's I don't not coded think so. But I, I just I don't trust I don't trust the anime. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't <laughs>
1: think it's coded that way. I don't think it's gonna. I don't be think so either. That. But you just you never know.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. Um, the I think the most interesting thing about it is the story going on behind the scenes, and, and that is the kind of reawakening of d- demon lords, kings. the demon kings, yeah, um, which normally is like not particularly interesting because that's every fantasy story, though this is... Is this an isekai? No, it's not an isekai. She, I mean, she might be isekai I mean, it's never
1: really brought up in the story. So, yeah. like, if you if you don't see the reincarnation of an isekai story, does it even
0: matter? You know? <laughs> if an isekai if happens in the woods. Yeah, yeah and nobody's no around, around to, to see it. it. Uh, um, I think it's just a fantasy story. Yeah, so it, it's a fantasy story. But the in the third episode, they kind of start hinting at the larger world. Yeah. And just the animation of the demon king yeah very is not really i think the only thing that comes close to it is fire force yeah in terms it, of animation
1: it is it is very similar to the way that the the infernals are drawn in fire force it's very it's kind of unsettling it's a little unreal looking Like
0: very, it's one of the more unique creature designs I see in the anime. Yeah,
1: it's very, very unique. Is a good way to put it. It's a really interesting way to to draw that kind of uh, of some weird sound effect choices, though. Yeah, there's some weird sound (laughs) effect choices. It's you know, it's a bit much, but um, overall, I really, I you know, I really enjoy the show. I think it's got
0: a really interesting uh, way of approaching this kind of story. It has set up a lot in three episodes that, if it pays off. Could be a really interesting story. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely one to keep our eyes on um, uh, towards the bottom of the list because you know there's kind of more, you know, to see what is coming out of this. While we have some s- serious bangers coming up,
1: we do. Um, and the next banger we have coming up is the vexations of a shut-in vampire princess, uh, streaming on High Dive on Saturdays. Comes to us from Project Number Nine. Who has done my tiny senpai, Higa Hero, then the Angel Next Door spoils me rotten. That actually makes a lot of
0: sense. Yeah, it fits <laughs> in that kind of
1: that kind of milio. Um, the story goes thusly: the three years into her life as a Shut-In, vampire Tarakomori Gondas Blood, or Komari for short, uh, awakens to find she's been appointed as a commander in the Knight Imperial Army. The thing is, her new unit consists solely of belligerent ruffians who revolt against their superiors at the slightest hint of weakness. (laughs) Like the best boys. Yep. Although Komari hails from a line of vampires as powerful as they are prestigious, her refusal to drink blood has made her the picture of mediocrity, scrawny, uncoordinated, and inept at magic. With the odds stacked against her, will the help of her trusty and slightly infatuated maid, Vil, be enough for this recluse to blunder her way to success? Or will Komadi rule the rule the day she ever left to the safety of her room? Um, I have a note that I wrote under this uh, that just says "vampire the boobs." Um, I was drunk when I wrote that, but we all know what it means. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I I really like this show. Um, it's very funny. the
0: The premise is definitely different. It, yeah, I I I don't think I've really ever seen a show like this. I. So a common theme for the season for me was going into shows full on expecting to hate them and right. just being utterly disappointed yeah. and loving them. Uh, and this one was a perfect example uh, of that. Like at initial blush, I was like, this is going to be terrible. This yeah. is going to be an easy one. I'm going to be able to watch one episode, cross it off the list. We're not going to have to watch it. I'll get, focus on on more important shows. Um and it's funny. Yeah, it like, It's really funny. <laughs> the Her assistant is, like, one of my favorite characters. She, in a weird way, she reminds me of the blue hair girl from um, uh, Bochi. Yeah, Ryu? Yeah. She has, like, similar, like, energy. Yeah.
1: No, I really like this show. Um, it's doing a different take on the whole vampire kingdom uh, genre. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Um, it's you know it's it's all around is a really good show. It's worth keeping an eye on, uh, especially even if even if just you want to see something that'll make you giggle.
0: Um, this one'll do it. Um, yeah, and and in terms of like high dive shows, I think this is definitely the the best one they got this season. Yeah, they, and high they dive don't have a ton this.
1: High dive has a lot of really edgy stuff this season, yeah. and like some of it is stuff that I'm gonna watch, but it wouldn't make it didn't make the top ten list. Um, so, you know, we have, uh, uh, we just have one from High Dive this this season. Yeah. Pull it together, High Dive. You get yeah. you can do this.
0: <laughs> no, the other ones were good. They're no, they just, were like, good. They're, they're like, if you want dark shows, go check out High Dive. They have a few yeah. really good High, ones. High Dive is season. going through a, a, an angsty phase yeah. this season. Um, <laughs> um, what is not an angsty show, but actually kind, kind of, of a pretty a joyous show. Bit, yeah. There's some angst, but it's funny angst. Yeah. Um, is Ron Konkomo's Forbidden Deductions. That's des- not the deductions. name. Uh, <laughs> it's Ron Kom... Com- Komonohashi. Thank you. Ron Konkomo's Forbidden Deductions <laughs> on Crunchyroll on Mondays from Dio Medea who has done Domestic Girlfriend, Can uh, Cole, uh, Ahiro no Sora, The Magic Revolution of the Reincarnated Princess and the Genius Only Lady, uh, the story goes as follows. Despite lacking the skills suited for his role in the Metropolitan Police Department investigative team, Totomaro Ishiki. Ishiki? Ishiki. Ishiki. Uh, wants to solve murders and help people. Following the advice of one of his seniors, he ventures to enlist the aid of the reclusive Ron Concomo. That's not his name! <laughs> Five years ago, Ron was the most uh, promising detective in the illustrious Detective Training Ac- Academy, Blue. Which, side note, what's with Blue? Like, it, it was in Food Wars, they had the Blue, there's the East Blue, like... Everything's blue. Well, I think the east blue really just has to do with the color of the water, but... I'm just saying, blue blue keeps coming up. It's, it's all a conspiracy. Look at my yarn lines. Yeah, you yeah, know, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. It's becoming a fire hazard. Yeah. Um, well, we have a solution for that, and that's coming up later. Is, is it fire? <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, for uh, unknown reasons, he sank into obscurity. Tomorrow expects a well-dressed, composed man, but what he gets is a messy-haired and uninhibited eccentric. Hello. After years of solitude, Ron... Uh, no, you have a really clean cut right now. I do. I just got my hair cut. Um, um, after years of solitude, Ron Concomo barely resembles his former self and refuses to even hear out the detective. However, as quickly as Ron rebuffs, he flips on a dime and dives headfirst into the current serial murder case. The true reason Ron withdrew from the detective world is not... From his lack of desire, but rather from something out of his control somehow. And Totemaru (laughs) might just be the key for his return to his former calling. Together, the wide-eyed officer and deranged detective tackle each mystery that comes their way. He tells people to kill themselves, and they do, uh, when he discovers who the killer is. He he
1: has, like, a kind (laughs) of, um... What's the name of that show? Um, Code Geass. Code Geass, like, power that he doesn't really understand, like where after he solves a murder he tells the perpetrator to kill themselves. Um and they, they do it. Um it's that part's weird. Yeah. <laughs> that part's weird. But the show itself is really cool. Like the, the the way the way they put together the mysteries is really interesting to me. Like the first one with the barber mm. was really well done. Um, really well thought out. Um and it's kind of what, what like, pulled me into this show. was, like, thinking through, like, oh, like, that's a really interesting way they thought of to, like, make this mystery work, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, So solely from that perspective, this show is
0: really worth a watch. For me, it's honestly the characters. The, um... The... To tomorrow and Ron Concomo like as buddy It's not his name <laughs> as, It's not um, even that hard. <laughs> as, um, it's, that's what it is in my head. And it's not going to change. You'll find love we'll and Ron Konkomo. You're right. We're going to have to fix your head. That's, uh, that's a whole other podcast series. I've itself. got three
1: beer bottles. We can make this happen.
0: Um, so they're just like a great buddy cop kind of duo and there's also this kind of bigger story going on with like uh, the blue like school um and that's kind of opening up the world in a very interesting way i am also a huge fan of their boss. Oh, the, oh, the, his the, the boss. detective boss? Yeah, the, like, great. The like really like mean lady with the angled bob cut who's yeah. like super hot and, and his... all the officers want to step on them. Yeah. Oh my god, that's <laughs> there were... Oh my god, there was some line that that was killing me who was like, oh yeah, this officer really wants her to step on him. <laughs> yeah. Ron is like, he has good taste. <laughs> um... Yeah,
1: but, I mean, you know, this this is, like, a kind of, you know, almost reminiscent of a very silly, like, Sherlock Holmes type story, you know? Yeah, it's,
0: it's like, it's kind of, like, what if Sherlock Holmes but Gen Z? Yeah, and anime. <laughs> and anime. Um, but not uh, the show that we had last season. Um,
1: but the show that we have this season for number seven... Um, is you are experienced? I was not. Our dating story, uh, streaming on Crunchyroll on Fridays, comes to us from Studio NG, who did Uzaki-chan Wants to Hang Out, uh, and the detective is already dead. Interesting. Um, I
0: read that NG.
1: Oh really? Oh NG NG. Whatever.
0: Um,
1: As for the story, Rio Tokashima is a gloomy high schooler. As part of a punishment game, he was forced to confess to Runa Shirakawa, a girl from the top of the school cast who was admired by everyone. They ended up going out for the unexpected reason of, er, I'm free now, so, um, but Ryuto ends up following and eavesdropping on Runa being confessed to by a Hamston soccer club member, and Runa bringing Ryuto, whom she had just begun dating, to her own room as a matter of course. They have different friends and ways to have fun, and they are different in almost every way. Nonetheless, they begin to relate with each other after being surprised by their differences every day and accepting them. Um, this is kind of a cute story. It, it actually it, it reminded me of a manga that I have been reading um, called It's Not Meguro-san's First Time, um, where it also kind of deals with this um, kind of... You have a female lead who has a reputation um, for sleeping with a lot of guys, and, um, you know, you have the, the, the male lead who has just never, you know, done that. Um, yeah, who's, slept with a lot yeah, of guys. He, he also hasn't slept with a lot of guys. Yeah. Um, no, but he, he, I think it's a really interesting story. I like the way they kind of play off that dynamic um i will say i do think uh it's not megadosan's first time is a stronger story just because the thing that rubs me the wrong way about not even the wrong way it's just the where i think the, the the other story is better is that for this one the story kind of revolves around him asking her out as like a punishment game whereas in me- megadosan's it's not megadosan's first time it's kind of a a way for the main character to get his feelings off his chest and like kind of um, you know move himself forward like
0: almost do doing a character development on himself yeah that that is a better start to it that doesn't detract too much no from me, no not at all Especially because like and the punishment is confessing to the person he likes.
1: Yeah, it's it's not like hey you have to go ask out the hottest girl in school. They say you have to ask out the girl you like. So it's not like it's not like he's just like well she's the hottest one so I guess I better ask her out. Like he he does already have feelings for her. Yeah. So it's not that bad. But like it's just for when I was comparing those two because they're the ones that I had read. Um, I found that that one was the had the better story. But that being said, um, I really enjoyed this story. I think also some of the some of the better. Um, animation we've had, you know, for that from an anime that we're talking about so far on the list. Um, really love the way that the hair and the eyes are done. Um, the backgrounds look really good; they feel really organic. Um, I was just, you know, one of the things that I was struck by, other than the story for this one, is the animation the
0: artwork. Yeah, uh, I, I think there's a lot to like. Uh, there is an element of like trashiness to this. Yeah, of course, which, uh, is there? But and like, listen. You put a gyaru in front of me and a love story, like, I'm all about it. Yeah. What I think makes this so good, though, and the reason why it's, like, not only on our list, but a very respectable seven. Yeah. Because I, I would say after this number, like, six through one, we knew immediately what these were and what position they were, and there was, like little to no debate about it. (laughs) Like They were just so good that it was hard to find anything else that could crack the top six. Um, But is that it hits some of the tropes and some of the pitfalls of this genre, but I think even when it does, it kind of does it in a new and interesting way. I like how real their relationship is in in kind of a way in the sense that she is saying hey my view on relationships is you date someone and get to know them and kind like kind of how western dating is yeah. where you don't start by saying i love you yeah, right like you start by saying like hey you want to go on a date you want to like get to know each other like yeah. that sort of thing that's you like you want
1: food into each other which mouths. is like
0: very different than what is kind of typically portrayed in especially in anime. I don't know about like more actual modern Japanese dating scene. Uh, I don't even know about modern American dating scenes. Yeah. So (laughs) I mean yeah that's true too. Um, But like I like that she has that take on it because I don't know if I've ever seen that in anime to be honest. Like I mean it's not an incredibly get to know someone. It's not an incredibly
1: common way to view relationships in Japan as far as I'm aware Um, so yeah definitely a unique kind of take on that
0: The, the other thing I will say about it is it deals with very real emotions of that age regarding that right like so she her understanding of sex and how it fits into relationships is so broken yeah and it's really sad like when you think about it like she kind of says it offhand and and the way he responds to it's like really sweet and all that sort of stuff but like when you really drill into like what she's saying and kind of what she's been through like girl's been through a lot at a young age already yeah um and i i think that the way they handle it is interesting, and I can't wait to kind of see this this relationship develop.
1: Yeah, absolutely. One of the one of the few romance stories that we have, um, well, that are on this list anyway. Um, I'm sure there's probably some others that we don't have that are not on our list. But if it's not on our list, it ain't worth watching. Yeah, uh, that's not true. Um, <laughs> there's actually a lot of
0: really good shows. Yeah, to watch. They're, not they're on our th- list. Daring it down to ten was extremely difficult. Yeah. Um speaking of extremely difficult we are in the top six which were not difficult to choose because they're all so good we know exactly which order to put them in and number six starting off the bangers of the bangers is firefighter daigo rescuer in orange uh crunchy rolls saturdays brain I wanted to say Brian's base but I think it's brain space it is brainspace uh they did teen uh, my teen romantic comedy snafu Dura Ra and Bacchino. Uh the story of how three young firefighters destined to save Japan grow in spirit toke Daigo burns with remarkable talent and unparalleled determination. Onoda Shun struggles against the walls, blocking his own path. Nakamura Yuki hopes to become one of the few female members of the Special Rescue Corps, known as Orange. Uh, When these three young firefighters who share goals of becoming members of Orange come together, the story of how Japan will one day be saved and what looms before them is a crisis that endangers the entire country. Um, This is another one where I was, like, ready to dislike it. Mm -hmm. And best boy Justin watched it first, and he was like, "Oh, it's so good!" It is very good. I was like, "Best boy Justin likes firefighters." He's like, "That's not even (laughs) why." All right, he's like, he he has his opinion. It's like tainted, whatever. And then I like watched, and I was like, "Okay, it's pretty good." And then he was like, "No, dude, it's really good." Right. And then you said something that like triggered an itch in my brain, and you were like, "The thing that excites me about this show." is that we get a lot of shows about like post-apocalypse i think this show is gearing up to tell us the story of what happens during the apocalypse yeah and i was just like brain exploding i was like okay and the first thing i did like when i had to watch like my next episodes was like put the next two episodes on Mm -hmm. tore through them saw what you were alluding to with it and also how the characters grow and how the story grows and all yeah, that. Yeah, because
1: just just to be clear, that is my that is just my like my theory. I don't know yeah. about how that's how the story goes. But. Um
0: I I think you're right. I think that's what it's gearing up towards. I my also personal pet theory is that this is the prequel to Fire Force. Yes. yes. Um which I love, but this show is like so good and i think the other thing that you mentioned to me was that you suggested this to best boy jamie as uh an action piece
1: yes because best boy jamie loves to watch like action scenes that feature fighting so i wanted to recommend this to him as a show that has really well done action scenes that do not revolve around fighting right so the action scenes in this are well, I guess they're fighting fires, but that's... It's <laughs> not, not, not the way that the yeah, fire force fights yes, fires. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, and those scenes are done really well. Um, and I think if you're a fan of, like, an action-type anime, you like action shows, um, maybe this will be an interesting one for you to kind of uh, view from that, that sort of lens. Uh, but like you mentioned, Best Boy Dan, the, the characters in this show, watching them grow is really interesting because you have kind of like these three different very different struggles within the kind of same struggle, right? So you have the you have this guy, um, Daigo. We um, don't really know what his struggle yeah, he, is. Yeah, he has a struggle. We don't know what it is. It's, it's kind of very secretive secret. right now. Um, but he is kind of like a like a prodigy in the firefighting world. And then you have like Onoda who is kind of very much the opposite. He's just like he's a normal dude who is Going through the same struggles that other normal dudes
0: would go through in a course like this. Right? I think he is the stand-in for the audience member.
1: Kind of, yeah, because he's the, he's the one. Um, he's who he, you want to be. He's not born. He's he's not like a destined firefighter. Like he ends up he ends up joining the fire department because he wants to ask out a girl. Um, so, like, he doesn't have, like, this kind of heavy backstory. He's just kind of a, he's a normal dude who is who has to, like, rise to the challenge of this, like, elite rescue corps. Um, and then you have Nakamura, who deals with the, you know, among the three of them, the
0: unique struggle of being a woman. Uh, in the fire department. Which I and, also really love how they show, because, like, after they get out of training, like, they both get placed relatively quickly. Yeah, and she's just waiting. And she had, like, better scores than one of them. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so it's a, it's a really interesting look at that, um, kind of dynamic as far as a character, uh, arc goes. Um... But all of that aside, you know, the animation for this show is really phenomenal. I definitely Um, want to
0: talk about that. One thing that stuck out to me with it is that, um, best as I can tell, it's all hand animated. Looks like it, yeah. Not a lot of CG. uh, Little to no CG, which is, uh, thinking about it, especially surprising for a show that features things like fire and smoke. Yeah, which are difficult to do by hand. Um, and, And... okay the dog on their patches looks wild and and awful (laughs) yeah yeah however the way they kind of animate the smoke and them moving through it like the thing that sticks out in my mind is the scene where they're crawling on the floor looking for the people yes you it's not it's not well animated i would say like in in the traditional sense of like you're not seeing like you know, like the beautiful backgrounds of like the openings of um, Mushoko Tensei or something like that, right? Like yeah. it's pretty simple smoke textures and kind of hands shuffling through the smoke. But the way that it's done is kind of just the best way to show they can't see anything. Right. They're crawling around on the ground. They literally have to use their hands to check every... Square inch of the ground because they don't know where the body will be on the floor and they can't see. Yeah. And the simple animation manages to convey all of that. So that, uh, Oh my god, that, that is an exactly... actual.
1: That patch, oh. I had to look it up cuz I was like, is that the actual
0: like oh my rescue god. emblem And it is? Okay, look up the Tokyo Rescue emblem and that dog is horrified. What is wrong with its jaw? It's that, coming out of its throat. The dog has seen things, okay? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so now we know what the the what the deal is with that. That's just that's not an animation okay. thing. That's the just animation the actual... is spot. Yeah, it, it looks exactly like how the emblem actually is. So <laughs> because <laughs> like I, when you when said that I was like I wonder what it actually looks like nope it looks exactly like that oh my god um, so uh, yeah there we go there's your <laughs> uh, but yeah I think uh, you know we're, we've been overdue for a firefighting anime that is somewhat grounded in reality um I'm glad they went with this one. I think there there is another one out. It's called. Um, is
0: this the sexy one? Yeah, the, my,
1: <laughs> I knew it. my boyfriend in orange or something like that. Oh yeah. yeah or yeah. no, fire in his fingertips. Oh, that's my what it's goodness.
0: called. <laughs> that's also the name of my um, bass solo album. Oh my, Fire. I can just picture like
1: the <laughs> fingers on fire. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm glad we're we're going with this one and not that one. Although I think that anime is already out and we just never covered it because it probably wasn't good. Um, yeah. But uh, speaking of things that are that are good, um, we're moving on to number five. We're getting into the top five of our ten list. Um, we have Under Ninja, which comes to us. Not Underwear Ninja. We talked about underwear already on the show today. Ninja. Ninja.
0: You have to say it like that for the I don't rest have of to, <laughs> actually. Um,
1: it's, stream- it's streaming on Crunchyroll on Thursdays from Tezuka Productions, Who Did Dororo, Quintessential Quintuplets, and Girlfriend, Girlfriend. Um... The story follows a high school loner who was given the part-time job of a lifetime as a modern-day ninja, tasked to perform international assassinations. After World War II, Allied Command in Japan developed a new agency to help manage terrorism and violence within the Pacific region. The agency was staffed with ninja and they were initially tasked to handle domestic affairs. Eventually, that program grew to its current form, managing 20,000 ninja uh, across a range of domestic and international affairs. One of those ninjas happens to be Kudo. The 17-year-old high school loser is now poised to become the next line of defense against a potential surge in foreign assassinations invading Tokyo. Now, one of the things I love about this show is it does a sequence where it's, like, talking about, like, ninja history in Japan. And in that sequence, it involves General MacArthur... Being almost killed by a a squad of ninjas, and that is just a hilarious thing to watch. That actually happened. Yeah, but to finally get it, to finally see it animated (laughs) on the big screen, you know, the the way the way God intended when he when he tried to assassinate General Douglas MacArthur with ninjas. Um, But no, that that kind of gets to the heart of what we enjoy about this show, which is it is very funny and silly, but also with a kind of an interesting story, right?
0: It's I can't track it. It's all over the place. But like, I have to know what comes next. Uh, and, And it's not that the story is um, like sporadic it just you just don't really know where it's going next yeah and in kind of the best possible way um I keep saying ninja because they have like this one American like assassin no he's Russian over. oh is he Russian yeah he's Russian this Russian assassin that comes over and he does like uh, an like English voice yeah he he has like a heavily accented English but voice. it's like it is a Japanese voice actor doing a Russian accent of English. Yeah. So it is just the way he says, the voice actor says things, is magnificent. But and it's not even like me making, like, I genuinely love it. But you know what's interesting? I'm pretty sure of whatever voice actor they do have
1: um, speaks Russian natively. Yeah. Because the Russian speaking sounds It sounds legit. Really legit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what, how they
0: managed to find that voice actor. But, um... But yeah, it, the characters like are all so like I love the like main guy cuz he's just like he's just a like 17-year-old dude. Yeah. And he acts like it. He has this like room, like it's not even a room. It's like a quarter of a room yeah. that is part of another room that is an apartment. Yeah. That he shares with this like weird old dude that likes act Accidentally steals their neighbor's bra. He he
1: he. Accidentally comes into possession of his neighbor's bra. But that
0: doesn't explain why you're wearing exactly. it. exactly. <laughs> but he purposely wears it. Um, <laughs> it. There's just a lot going on, and then in the uh, on top of that, you have these crazy ass ninja fights. Yeah, it's funny because you'll go you'll go
1: from like a, a sequence that's very like dialogue heavy and very comedic. Um, about, you know, how he ended up with his neighbor's bra, and then you'll, like, you'll seamlessly go, like, directly into, like, a super intense ninja fight.
0: Yeah. And it, it works. It works together. And the craziest part is, abs- as absurd as this whole, like, two or 200,000 strong ninja force that's yeah. basically, like, the secret JSDF, uh-huh. like, um... You know they have this whole thing going on. You know, like there's this homeless man that's like secretly a super ninja, yeah, and stuff. Like it's very John Wicky in that way, but like it's also just like stupid in in the best yeah. most fun yeah. way. <laughs> it's like kind of like it's like a
1: seinen Naruto comedy action yeah. show. Um, like it's really good.
0: I, yeah, it's. It's wild. <laughs> it is no- not like any show you've ever seen before. Yeah, and and definitely would recommend. And I just I can't wait to see more. I'm actually like thinking about picking up the manga too. Oh I'm wow! Really? That, okay. Uh, around. All right. Um, well, lot. if you do, let us know how it is. Yeah. Um, and that leads us into number four, uh, which is Shangri La Frontier on CrunchyRolls on Sundays. Uh, from C2C, who did Reincarnated as a Sword, which Best Boy Justin enjoys, and Harukana Receive, which Best Boy Dan enjoys. Um, The second year, a high school student, Rakuro Hizatome, is interested in only one thing, finding shitty games and beating the crap out of them. His gaming skills are second to none. No game is too bad for him to enjoy. When he is introduced to the new VR game, Shangri-La Frontier, he does what he does best and min-maxes and skips the prologue to jump straight into the action. But can even an expert gamer like Rockaroo uh, discover all the secrets that Shangri-La Frontier hides? Um, This is not number 1 on the list but is my week to week most excited show to watch. It's one of them for me. Yeah, absolutely. Mostly because let me see. I'm further ahead in the manga in all three of them. Yeah, next that's ones. fair. Yeah. So so this is the only one that I like don't know what is going to happen in the top 4. Um and it's awesome like this is like we're really just watching a dude play video games ultimately but i'm all about that because it's yeah. so good <laughs> and there there are
1: a bunch of these vr mmo shows that are out specifically this season and i think what that kind of gets to the core of is it's almost like you know how like in older style sci-fi they are they are basically they're trying to imagine what the technology of the future is going to be like they're kind of in this case um and not just in Shangri-La Frontier, but in the rest of these kind of VR MMO shows, they are trying to kind of visualize and imagine what will games be like? What will gaming technology be like in the future? And, like, imagine, you know, the the, the game system of Shangri-La Frontier, the, the VR MMO part of it is almost the least interesting part, right? Yeah. Because we've seen that before. Mm-hmm. But, like, imagine a game, like, one of the things that gaming has lost, in my opinion, uh, especially these types of like MMO games is a kind of sense of discovery and a sense of wonder right mm-hmm. um, you know because with you data miners and you know online strategy guys and everything like there is nothing you can experience in the game for the first time unless you are the hardest core gamer who starts playing as soon as the patch downloads and like you know, but other than that, you you know everything's been done before. And one of the things that Shangri La Frontier kind of gets to the 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 center of is this idea of like unique encounters within games, and that's kind of what we mm. see in a lot of these VRMMO games. So like you have it in um, in um, what's the one with the defense? I max out my defense. Um, oh, Beaufree. Yeah, you have it in Beaufry, Um You have it in playthrough of a VR MMO guy's life. Um, where, like, you have these experiences that are unique to each character, right? So, like, your character can discover something that only they can see. Or even even if it's not something that only they can see, like, in the case of Shangri-La Frontier, you have, like, this, what's called a unique monster, right? So there's only one of them, and their activation requirements are exceedingly rare. Imagine, like, if you were playing that game, like, the first couple weeks, right? You're playing the game, and all of a sudden, some random forum post says, like, I just encountered this enormous wolf monster that like, you know, uh, it had all these crazy, you know, overpowered mm-hmm. attacks, and like everyone be like, oh, "Okay, you're you're screwing around, like <laughs> you're it, trolling," yeah. And like and eventually, got me. <laughs> yeah, eventually, like more and more people would encounter it, and like maybe eventually a streamer encounters it. So like finally, there's like a video of this happening. Like imagine being able to discover an event like that in real time in a video game. You know?
0: Yeah, I mean, it brings back like the <sighs> the days of like Nintendo power, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Where you know you would get magazines to learn cheat codes and stuff but i i think for me there's a there's a few things that that really hit it off about changra law frontier one i love that they tackled the idea of shitty games and like vmmr yeah the futures right like that's gonna be a real thing when that happens too right there's already shitty vr games as it stands right now (laughs) um i think what so, I, I've actually thought a lot about this, and I, I was trying to decide what I think it is that sets this aside. And I think the trick for a specifically for a VR game, mm. and the, for those who don't know, that stands for Virtual Reality Multimedia Online Role Playing Game, uh, which Is stakes. Stakes are what make it. So, Dot Hack was the original, right? And that, and the stakes of that were there was someone trapped in the game, right? And like they couldn't get out of it. Then you have, uh, um, what was the big one? Uh, Sword Art Online. Sword Art Online, yeah. Same same premise. Same premise, but everyone in the game. Yeah, it's not just one person. You die in the game, you die in real life, right? Just like Canada. And, And. then you have a whole bunch of them. I think when I was thinking about Bofuri, for me, what makes it so interesting is that, again, she min-maxed her character in a way that no one expected, yeah. that she keeps achieving things in the game that no one expects because she does it in a way that is different than the system can really handle. Right. And, and, and that raises the stakes because now you have all of the administrators who are like, we have to prevent her from progressing. Yeah. Right. What is so what makes the stakes of Shangri La Frontier? And and there's nothing really that sets stakes for the character other than himself. Yeah. His whole goal, and you start to feel with it in it, and that's the joy of video game playing, is like When he battles the snake, right? He's like, This is a monster. I have min maxed my character. I haven't saved, Mm -hmm. right? I'm going to lose all my progress if I lose this match. I can't take a single hit. Okay, I have to study the patterns, right? Like, this is like old school video games where you had to, like, you know, hit the boss three times by, like, learning their pattern and dodging and getting in and and then you defeated them sort of thing, right? Like, he recognizes that. He gets in there. He gets poisoned, and then he has to, like, run to the town. Like, that was straight up a fucking moment from, like, the old Pokemon games where uh-huh. you, like, got out of the cave and a Zubat poisoned your last Pokemon and you don't have any potions left and you're like, please let me have enough HP to make it to the, like, yep, thing. Yep, to, to the Pokemon Center before, they, yeah, before you die. Yeah, and it's, they're not, like, real stakes. Like, no one's gonna die yeah. in real life in shangri Frontier, but it's the stakes of losing your save point. And, and they make that so real for the audience member. Yeah, uh, That's great. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, any it, it doesn't necessarily...
1: A show doesn't necessarily have to have high stakes to be interesting. Its stakes just have to matter within the context of the story, right? And they do a good job of that. Like, especially with... Also, like, he has an ego, too. So yeah. he's, he's like, oh, I've beaten all of these shitty... You know, games that were, like, you know, designed to not be beaten and stuff. Like, I can't lose to a game where everything is working perfectly, you know? My Um.
0: skills should be enough to conquer it. Exactly. And
1: also I love that he does, like, he kind of plays like a troll l- character almost. Like, he's got a bird head, he's running around <laughs> naked most of the time.
0: Yeah. Um, People are, like, off-put by him. Yeah, it's funny because they're like, oh,
1: look at that That guy doesn't have any clothes on his character. He's fucking
0: weird. It, People even say it. They're like, he must be a troll. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. And I think that's that kind of gets to the heart of, like, if you've played an MMO recently, like, there are some characters who run around naked just for fun. Like, you remember the... Um, there was a big thing with Elden Ring where a guy who named his character, he named his character let me solo her um and his whole thing was he wanted to def- he always wanted to fight against this one boss like monster who was like a the female boss something um and he always did it completely naked with just a loincloth and a pot on his head in the game <laughs> and that's the only the, the only armor that he wore and like when I saw this that reminded me of this yeah
0: um so, yeah. Um, it is... The creator of this very clearly has a love for video games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This was definitely written by a
1: gamer. Um, very interesting story. Um, I love... Like you said, we're watching it week to week. It's really good. Um, but now we're getting into the kind of the loftiest tights of our top ten list. We're Ooh, getting so up peak. there. Uh, oxygen is getting kind of thin. Oh! Um, <gasps> Because we are moving on to uh, number three, uh, which goes to Shy, uh, coming to us on Crunchyroll on Mondays from Studio 8-Bit, who did Blue Lock and Slime. just as the planet approached its third world war, individuals with superpowers appeared from around the globe to maintain peace. They became the symbols of their respective nations, striving to limit crime and bring evildoers to justice. Teenage heroine Teru Shai Mome- uh, Momijiyama is Japan's representative in the world of heroes. When a mysterious threat called uh, Amalarix Am- Amalarix, I think, I don't know, emerges. Uh, Shai must work together with her fellow heroes to stop them at all costs. Um, And I like this one for a lot of reasons. Obviously, the the animation is gorgeous. Um, The characters are
0: really great. I love Papesha. I'm in love with her. Um, (laughs) I I let it be known that this podcast has stated for many months that Best Boy Justin would love (laughs) Papesha.
1: Yeah, no, obviously. Um, But I think one of the things that I enjoy the most about this, obviously, is the story Um, because, like, you're kind of getting this, and you don't get this with a lot of superhero, um, anime, although, you know, my hero touches on it a little bit, which is like, what would, what would the public opinion of superheroes do to, like, a teenager who had superpowers, right? So, like, you, you, you know, there's always gonna be, especially in, like, the news and social media, like, people are gonna be unkind to other people, Um, and how would that affect a girl who's so shy, her superhero name is shy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought that was portrayed really, really well. That was kind of what drew me in, um... And I'm really excited to to kind of to to tear into this and learn more about like the, the way they they kind of do the world building episode to episode is really good.
0: I feel like the yeah. pacing is well done. Well, and and that's one of the funniest things about this story too is they even say it in the first episode is like the heroes showed up and and people don't really know where they came from, but we'll, we'll deal with that later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and like they just do not talk about it, and it's really this. Sh- this is one of the ones that I've read ahead in. Um it does a great job going forward of slowly showing, not telling right. as it goes. Like it it really is a masterclass in world building. And you have seen a million different superhero takes. This is not that different from things there's elements of it that you've seen from a whole bunch of different things but the way i kind of describe it is it's like a very real look at superheroes even though the superheroes in this are a very kind of like fantastical in nature right um and especially the villains too um but just their how they act and how the public act is so real it reminds me of the boys but like the boys is like super dark and fucked up and and like disgusting. This is like that, but kind of like a more dramatic and heartfelt look at it. Right.
1: Yeah. And I think, um, you know, this, this is kind of, we, we're, we're overdue for a really good superhero anime that isn't my hero. I think. Yeah. Um, and I think Shy kind of really slots
0: into that that niche really well. Yeah, it is a slower, more serious tone show. Uh, it has cute moments, it has fun moments, but it but it's not like it's not like a a, a shonen like, yeah, like you know my hero power like, of friendship. Yeah. Let's go. It, it's it's not that, but it, it is it's an interesting look. So uh, would. Uh, I think it is one of the more unique superhero shows you'll see out there. Absolutely. Um, And that brings us to number two, uh, one of my favorites, Undead Unluck. Another very unique show. Which uh, we'll talk about a little bit, too, is on Hulu on Fridays uh, from David Productions, uh, who did uh, Jojo, Urusai Yatsura, and Fire Force. After reading the conclusion of her favorite manga series, Fuko Izumo finally feels ready to end her existence. I feel ya, Foucault. Yeah. <laughs> for more... I'm gonna feel like this after the end of Undead Unlock. Uh, for the past ten years, Foucault has uh, afflicted by a condition that brings extreme misfortune to anyone who touches her. This has a dramatic effect on her surroundings, even inadvertently resulting in the deaths of those around her, including her parents. As she stands on a bridge uh, above train tracks, Foucault is touched by a strange man, causing the footing underneath him to break and dropping him in front of the oncoming train however when fuko finds the man's corpse she discovers the body is regenerating and coming back to life the man who fuko names andy is the immortal and like her he also wishes for death initially dismissive fuko eventually decides to team up with andy to give him the best death possible but a mysterious organization lurks in the shadows hoping to take advantage of the bizarre uh, the duo's bizarre abilities so, I would say that that uh, does an okay job of explaining the first, like, couple of episodes of Unlock. There's a whole lot more going on with this one. Um, I would say, so they are both negators, um, which means that they can essentially, fundamentally undo one of the, like, laws of Nature, mm-hmm. based on whatever their power is. So, uh, Fuku's is unluck, which essentially like takes people's luck away and causes them to die or experience some sort of unluck. Right. Right. Which is why Andy, who is undead and is literally impossible to kill, thinks that you know she may be able to finally give him death. Right. Um, which you will find out why he wants eventually but like this show is one of the best romances in shonen Mm -hmm. um it's like it's great and on top of that this show is really actually about killing god
1: (laughs) The way most good shows are. Yeah. um,
0: This, it is so well animated. Uh... Andy can kind of like eject body parts and use his blood to <laughs> propel himself. I you mean you can't? Yeah or he'll like you know bite off part of his finger and make his healing factor go so fast that the pressure like shoots part of his finger off and like it uses it as like a bullet essentially. Yeah. The manifestations of these powers and how the uh, author like came up with them and how they interact with the world are unbelievable they're going to introduce these other sorts of beings that are are similar in concept to negators but kind of like the opposite mm-hmm. which will be what a lot of the fights are about and they are some of the most wild and like epic scale fights to look forward to and, and just things I've never seen in manga or anime before so like this show is already in the few episodes that are out like doing such a great job of bringing that manga to life um that what we have to look forward to is out of this world so this is gonna be a top tier shonen that just continues to get better and better as you watch so i encourage everyone this is definitely one you don't want to miss out on yeah absolutely like it's
1: definitely uh, of all of the shows that we have on the list um, for this season it has the most unique fight scenes you will find anywhere like they are (laughs) you've never seen anything quite like this before I'll put it to you that
0: (laughs) and and it's Um, not even getting started yet
1: (laughs) yeah um, this show is just all around really good Uh, an instant hit was hooked from the first minute Um, yeah very very excited to see where this one goes yeah but that leads us into where we are going, which is the number one top anime for fall 2023, or autumn, autumn 2023, if you want to get fancy with it. Ooh. Um, our best anime this season, the one that we have crowned the the king, is Freeran Beyond Journey's End. Um, and I don't think that will be too surprising to anybody who's, who's familiar <laughs> with the manga, Um but this one comes to us on Crunchyroll on Fridays. Uh, comes from Madhouse, who does excellent work. They've done uh, Death Note, One Punch Man, Hunter Hunter, and No Game No Life. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with the story already, uh, the Demon King has been defeated, and the victorious hero party returns home before disbanding. The, fo- um, the elf mage Freeren, Hero Himmel, Priest Heiter, and Warrior Aizen reminisce about their decade-long journey as the moment to bid each other farewell arrives. But the passing of time is different for Elves, thus Freeran witnesses her companions slowly pass away one by one. Before his death, Heiter manages to foist a young human apprentice called Fern onto Freeran. Driven by the elf's passion for collecting uh, a myriad of magic spells, the pair embarks on a seemingly aimless journey, revisiting the places that the heroes of yore had visited. Along their travels, Freerin slowly confronts her regrets of missed opportunities to form deeper bonds with her now deceased comrades. Um, yeah, this show, this, you know, first of all, this manga was, I, I, I think I, I picked it up. I, I had a recommendation um, from what was his name? Who did it? Was it? It was either Giguk or Mother's yeah, Basement. I was, I, oh, I forget who it first. Been Mother, I, it could have been either though. I think it was Mother's Basement. Whoever first did a video about it, that's when I decided to go out and get it. Um, I read the first volume in the food court of Japan Village and I teared up because it was so good
0: uh, yeah.
1: um, I had to wait to watch this one because like I needed to be emotionally available to watch this Yo, show that first episode I knew what was coming and it, and it still, still hits, got me. Right. So oh. like I, you know, cause when I'm at work, I kind of have to shut off my emotions and because that's healthy apparently. Um, <laughs> but I do it. And so like, I'm not always like in, in the kind of right space to watch a show that is so emotionally charged as this one. Um, but when I did finally get the time to sit down and watch it, man, it really hits. Um, I watched all four. The, the it came out like the, the first four episodes all dropped together. Um, I watched them all back to back. I binged through the whole thing. Um, and it's probably this is my probably my most anticipated adaptation since *Komi-san*.
0: Um, yeah, I would say like like this or uh, *Undead Unluck* have been really tops for me. So it's great to get them the, both this season.
1: Yeah, um,
0: um, so many things to talk about with this show. Like, uh, uh, so I, I think probably the main point to talk about is just the general concept of it. Yeah. And and what makes the show so interesting, and what I've kind of noticed as I have gotten older is just how much faster the years move. Right? Like it just it you know, it's already October and like where where's twenty twenty three gone? Yeah. Imagine that after a thousand years, yeah. your perspective one year you know, right near now, a year is one thirty-sixth of my life. Right. To freer in, a year is one one thousandth. Right. Yeah. Like that's a barely a speck. Right. She goes on this ten-year journey. That's the equivalent of like a month, a week. Yeah. In her she life. she kind
1: of looks at it like as if she's gone out for a walk almost.
0: Yeah. And it, it doesn't hit her. Until the passing of uh, the first of her friends, what they really meant to her, and she has to come to grips that her concept of time is so different than like a humans or yeah. a dwarfs or anything like that, that it, it, like it just makes her not see things in the same ways. Yeah,
1: I mean, she's basically, this is kind of the story of her being confronted with mortality, but not her own. Mm-hmm. She's being confronted with the mortality of the people around her who she cares about, right? So, like, it's it's an interesting, like, for her, she's never had to think about it until somebody dies that she's close to, right? Yeah. So, it, it's, a, it's a way of kind of um, examining death and loss and... Um, you know how we look back on people who we can't you know because, like one of one of the things she she's constantly talking about is that she she never it's not that she never had the chance but she never took the opportunity to get to know her her friends better before they yeah.
0: died right she took the time she had with them for granted exactly. not realizing how short it would be
1: yeah so like this is a story that is less about you know, epic battle scenes and you know stuff like that. Although there are the, battles and they are epic and fantastic, and that animation animated, is so
0: good. Um,
1: but this story is really more of an internal dialogue, right? It's more about like her learning to grow and understand the world that she lives in, the people around her that she cares about, um, learning to kind of reconcile the fact that she ha- is functionally immortal and how that works with. You know her living her lives among people who are not
0: right. Yeah, this is this is a story that when I, it, it's hard for me to pick up because when I pick up, I am so invested in it. Yeah. Um. Just because of the way they write the characters, like you, you get so much information from so few words. And, yeah, and it, everyone has really nuanced ways that they are fleshed out and how they interact with Freerian. And and just the work, like, even if you took out, like, that whole high concept, you know, elf mortality bit, like, it is an absolutely masterpiece of an original fantasy story. Yeah. In and of itself. Because there there's a whole story going on, too. Yeah. On top of all this, which is only, like, barely getting started, but, mm-hmm. like... There are not a ton of straight-up great, pure fantasies. This is not an isekai. This is not an MMORPG. Right. This is a high-magic, elf-driven fantasy Yeah. Um, in the vein well, of, like, you know.
1: It's interesting because I think it's elf-centered, but I don't think it's elf-driven. It's human-driven. Yeah. Because it is it is about her learning about her human comrades, right? And I think one of the interesting things about it is the way that they are written not necessarily just Freerun, but also her party so like himmel and Heiter, they know what Freerun is about to go through cuz like they kind of hint about it they talk about it but she doesn't understand while yeah. they're still alive so like they know what she is going to go through when she well, dies especially when the, they die um
0: the dwarf who lives longer than yes, the humans yes the dwarf
1: knows because he 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 has a longer life than humans but still shorter than elves so like he's aware but like Heiter and himmel they kind of have this this like knowing almost like a knowing kind of forlorn sorrow. Like they understand that when I, when they die, it's gonna
0: ruin her. Hyder you know? is such a piece of shit. He is. But yeah. like but like he is also like he is so looking out for her because like even leaving like Fern with her yeah. is like honestly more I think for her than Fern even. Yeah,
1: they kind of they spend their elderly years um making sure that they have left behind a plan for her to be able to deal with their deaths, right? And I think that is yeah. a really interesting way to oh, write these characters. It's making me
0: sad just thinking yeah, about it. Yeah, right? That. Um
1: and like, you know, and also like you have Eisen the the dwarf, he is has spent the time that, you know, he has been away from um from Freerin, preparing himself to work her through them dying, right? Yeah. So, like, he's he knows he's gonna be the one that's left after those two die, yeah. Um, so he kind of has to also prepare for that. And I think the way that it shows the little things that they do in order to do this preparation is really
0: important and core to the story and very well done. Oh, like when they go to see the like fireworks, yeah, or and, the uh, the shooting stars 50 years after the demon, like, oh, that yeah. walk. Where basically it's like Freeran walking like the the like one last adventure with like the decrepit like yeah. old team and it's just like and she's like young and like she's basically helping like the main hero who defeated the demon lord who can like barely walk anymore on yeah. this journey and it's oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. Also, on an
1: unrelated note, um I really love how they, they did a compilation of the animations of the help me step elf. Oh, sequences where she just so, gets
0: stuck in everything. So there, the other fun thing about um, this show is that there's just like just weird little things here and there, like yeah. eccentricities. Like she loves hunting for like just weird folk spells. Yeah, like not anything useful, but she just likes collecting them. You know, like a spell on turning your hair green, or yeah. like getting like you know planting a flower bed you know out of an apron yeah um or the fact that like you mentioned she always falls for mimics every single time and gets stuck in the chest and we have the help me stuff elf yeah um (laughs) joke which is hilarious it's
1: got really well-timed comedic relief
0: I really Um, want to Photoshop Freeran surrounded by a bunch of uh, mimics. Oh, that would be (laughs) funny. You should do that. You should definitely
1: do that. But yeah, so that that kind of gets to the the, I guess one of the other core things is that you can't have an anime like this that is just heavy all the time. You have to have comedic relief, and this this show knows when and how to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's gonna make you in between like making you feel like sad and introspective. It's gonna make you giggle, and I think that is uh, really important for this kind of story. Um, So what what have we touched on? The only thing I guess we're missing um, the OP. It's oh so good god the op is I phenomenal best op i think probably of the season uh, the the we, steel drums yeah, of the, we I'm were
0: listening with. to it earlier um it is uh written by uh Yao Sobi, uh as all as all of some <laughs> of the best ops are it, it is kind of wild <coughs> how many songs the OSAB have had as OPs recently. Like they just did the, um, which from Mercury song. Yeah. They just came out with a new album. It's called the book three. I recommend everyone check it out. Uh, 17 is my favorite song on it. Um, but it opens with the song from Freer um, and it is so good. Yeah. Uh, And the ED's good, too. This season has a ton of great OPs and EDs. We
1: haven't really talked about them, and partially because, like, Freerun's OP overshadows, like, all of them. But, um, yeah, a lot of good OPs this season, but Freerun's OP is just, like, chef's kiss, so good. Um, But, uh... Yeah, I think um, any anything else you wanna hit with uh, with Freerun before we before we leave the list? Watch
0: it. Like it'll change your life. <laughs> I don't say that about a lot of anime. Like Freerin I think will actually change your life. <coughs> Undead Unluck is just a fun fucking watch. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, absolutely. Watch Freerun. Like if, if this this is why this list exists. If there is one if you have time to only watch one show this season, it should be Freerun. It's our number one for a reason.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: so get out there, best buds. Yeah. Get out there and watch it. What are you waiting for?
0: Yeah, I think it's we're we're approaching the end of the year. We have one more season left before we crown. Yeah, our or do we or we don't crown the <laughs> last quarter? Do we or is that part of next year? We do. We um, do. It's part of Crunchyroll Awards. Don't. Okay. So that's where yeah, yeah, yeah. we differ. All right, so that's we the only more. difference between us uh, and Crunchyroll yeah, yeah. Awards. Uh, otherwise, you know, uh, we're maybe we, a little we do more it calendar year based. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Um So I would say going into with one more season upcoming, Freerin is going to be a strong contender for Anime of the Year. Absolutely, um, and I can't wait to to continue to watch more. I think they
1: have they already confirmed that it's going to be a half a year uh, run. I believe so. Yeah. So yeah. that's going to be great. Um, plenty of it to go uh, Madhouse, excellent job they always do great work um, and yeah that's it, number one, Free Run Beyond Journey's End um, so let us know what you think, what, what, are, what do we have on the list that you're excited for, is there anything on your list that we missed on ours um, are you going to be watching any of the returning shows coming up you can let us know, hit us up on Instagram at @bestboys_pod. underscore pod, you can also send us an email at bestboys_pod at gmail.com we would love to hear from you um tell your friends about us rate and review five stars uh just slap around that like button a little bit just the way it likes um and uh you know we'll o- see you open palm open right. palm yeah yeah, yeah 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 of course no closed fist um and uh, we'll see you again in the next episode thank you for tuning in good night best buds enjoy fall 2023 bye <laughs>